Okay, well, good morning, everybody. I'll talk to the- uh, They should all be able to hear you. We got the okay from Anthony. Thumbs up from everybody. We can hear the audio. Fantastic. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Um, this is our eighth uh, stakeholder meeting, so we're glad to have you here. Um, I'm gonna give a quick introduction to the project. Um, we are, uh, actually, we could probably introduce ourselves since we're a small group. My name is Tony Kell and I'm with Wendell. And uh, we are the design team, and we are uh, here gathering information for the two uh, projects. And so I want to just let uh, Scott, Taryn, and Susan introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Susan Sherwood. I am a principal at Wendell and also the pro project manager for this project. And I'm uh, Scott Neal. I'm a principal at Wendell, and I am your project architect. I am Taryn Cole. I am an architect with Wendell who will be helping Scott with the development of this project. And we have the folks from Shockey. Yes, I'm Anne Frame-Kurtzong. I'm with Shockey Consulting as well as a resident of Lawrence and uh, Lawrence Business Magazine here. So very familiar with Lawrence. And I'm April Snay. I don't think I'm on your camera, but I'm also here She's uh, with Shockey Consulting and uh, went to school here in Lawrence. And then online we have Adam first. Good morning, everyone. I'm Adam Michael. I'm the Manager for the City. And Michael? Uh, good morning. Uh, Michael Davidson. I'm the Executive Director of Explore Lawrence, the tourism sales and marketing organization for the City of Lawrence and Douglas County. Perfect. And then we have... Those are the t-shirts. You should get those behind him. Those are the t-shirts we need behind his t-shirts behind him. He's got a whole nice bunch of t-shirts. And we have Gary with us again as well. Good morning, uh, Gary Reinheimer, Senior Project Engineer with the City of Lawrence. I'm the City Building Engineer. And then we have Emily. Sorry, it's muted. Uh, my name is Emily Guffey, and I'm a business owner in the downtown. And then we have somebody, let's see, uh, Gary. Says somebody playing with their dog. That's Emily. Emily? <laughs> we have uh, Emily, Jane. you're muted. And she just introduced herself. Yes. Hey there. I'm Sally Zagra. I'm the executive director of Downtown Lawrence Inc. Hi, Anne. How are you? Nice to see you. Thanks, uh, Sally. Are you also a downtown business owner? I'm, I run the Downtown Business Association. Oh, okay. Great, mm -hmm. thank you. And then Emily, did you want to introduce yourself? She did. We also have Jane Bateman here too. Emily Guppy did introduce herself. Oh, okay. She's I'm sorry. And then you said she, she owns the toy store. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then uh, Jane Bateman. Jane Bateman. Jim, is that you? I would, I would venture to guess it's Jim Bateman. He and his wife Susan own the yarn barn downtown. Okay, and uh, and then Kim. Hi, I'm Kim Onspach, and I am also with Explore Lawrence. As Michael prepares to retire, I am interim director right now. 
Okay, I think I have everybody. So, yeah, I think you got everybody. All right, thanks for being here. Um, we've got um, about 50, 55 minutes for this, so appreciate you being here. Um, our immersion this week really is to get all the input we can from all the different stakeholders on what you want to see uh, in these two projects. And so just to go quickly, um, our mission uh, for this first phase of the project is number one, to uh, solidify the program elements, what's all going to be included, and do some concept designs, um, which eventually will land on one uh, for the, the multimodal facility, which is going to be 10 city bus slips, uh, two intercity bus slips, um, approximately a 5,000 square foot facility, waiting area, and so forth, and amenities out at Bob Billings uh, Parkway and Crestline Drive near the university. Um, so the city and the university are obviously big partners in that. And then the second element of the project is we've, uh, we're looking at five, we pr probably narrowed that by now actually down to three properties downtown where we can have a smaller transfer center with limited amenities, uh, shelter covering, um, five bus slips maximum. And so with that, um, we would love to uh, hear your input, uh, your concerns, and or any information that you want to share in regard to either one of those uh, projects. So I'll stop talking and let uh, the folks on the call start sharing. Hey, this is this is Michael Davidson from Explore Lawrence. In regard to the downtown location, have you identified potential locations at this point? And if you have, can you share that? Yes, um, we have identified three locations on Vermont Street. Um, I, I want to say one between 7th and 8th and 8th and 9th and 9th and 10th. The location between 8th and 9th, I believe, is one that we uh, are thinking is possibly not going to work. Yeah, just to shift that one block, Tony. 8th and 9th, 9th and 10th, 10th and 11th. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, you want to say that again, Adam, just for clarity? Yeah, so on Vermont, the 800, 900, and 1000 block. Okay. And, and so there's also a couple locations on. Yeah. Right, and then two locations on... One by the farmer's market on um, New, Hampshire. New Hampshire, thank you. And then the other one is on uh, which block of New Hampshire is the second one farther south? Yeah, the, the, so the 700 and 800 blocks of New Hampshire. Yeah, okay. Be the, the two on Thank you. Only had a couple of days to get up to speed on locations here. But anyway, so we're, um, we're going to have some more information on that um, coming up. Um, actually tomorrow morning. But um, so we, we're looking at basically those parking lots, uh, Michael. And to the extent that we can, the least impact as possible on the parking lots. You talked about limited facilities there. Is there opportunities for restrooms at any of the downtown locations? At this point, you know, we've had some, some interesting feedback. Um, obviously, we, uh, as a first priority, we have to take care of the operators that are coming in and out of there on their routes because they need uh, some type of a facility uh, to be able to uh, have that as part of their workday. 
Um, secondarily, um, there are some real challenges with the, the footprint that we're looking at uh, to try to provide um, that amenity for the general public. Um, one of the discussions that we had in one of the meetings yesterday was a discussion around how uh, in some communities, the business community, the city, and uh, the transit agency have jointly figured out a way to provide space not only for the bus patrons, but also the downtown shoppers uh, in strategic areas. So I don't know if that's a possibility to, you know, to be looked at for the future, but um, I don't know if Adam, if you want to comment further, but the scope for the downtown is pretty limited uh, now that we have, now that there's a direction to move the multimodal uh, out of the downtown area to Bob Billings. Somewhat, somewhat, a much limited, more limited focus on transferring downtown. I guess I'd be interested to hear what downtown businesses think about public restrooms. There was um, there were some real challenges with what Parks and Rec trying to manage the restrooms over by the library that are in the parking garage over there this last um, uh, fall and winter. With having those open to the public, there were just some real challenges without those being supervised or attended by anyone. So. Um, there are some communities that have uh, like downtown or urban general public restrooms. And I've seen models where those are staffed with like an attendant or somebody who can kind of uh, oversee or be aware of the, the use of those. Um, we haven't committed resources, like staffing resources to that type of operation. So as, as Tony mentioned, we're, we've talked a lot about ensuring that, that drivers and their layovers have a place to to go in and out, um, but have, have had trouble uh, confidently programming a um, public option, but would be interested to hear what, what downtown businesses and folks think. Well, Adam, you and I discussed it in the earlier um, informational meetings that that would Just lost you there. You, you got real quiet there, Sally. Yeah. Sorry. We can hear you typing a lot louder than we can hear anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Try it again, Sally. Can you hear me now? No. Still very, very quiet, very faint. I think what I heard her say is that you had an earlier conversation with her as you were doing your outreach before we arrived and you were sharing with her, she was sharing with you the concerns with the, the restrooms that you just mentioned in the parking uh, ramp or parking lot or whatever you mm -hmm. referred to it. Any luck there? No. Yeah, if you're talking, Sally, we cannot hear you at all. At all. No, can't hear you. She may have to log out and log back in. Okay, can you hear me now? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> we can hear you, but maybe you can't hear us now. 
That's right. That's exactly it. We can hear you, Sally. We can hear you, Sally. And she said she'd be back in a sec. Okay. Great. Anybody else? <clears throat> and Bonnie, you're new to the call. You want to introduce yourself since we're. Sure. And sorry for my tardiness. I just came from another meeting. My name is Bonnie Lowe. I'm the president and CEO of the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for having me today. Okay. Welcome, Bonnie. We've been discussing uh, the downtown transfer location primarily. Um, just, you know, the program was somewhat limited. We're looking at five bus slips uh, with the multimodal uh, focus being moved over to Bob Billings and, and Crestline. Um, it's, you know, the footprint is much more limited in downtown. We're looking at five sawtooth slips. We're looking at five different locations. In downtown uh, on Vermont Street and on New Hampshire, three on Vermont, two on New Hampshire, and we're you know uh, working on uh, potentials for those, um, trying to do the least amount of impact on parking, and with the scope of it, um, not a lot of amenities, you know, passenger uh, overhead, you know, canopies, things like that, for the elements, windscreen, um, that type of thing. But any thoughts or anything that you want to share from the uh, from your perspective on downtown, on any about anything? Yeah, let me listen a little bit and play catch up. Uh, it would be nice to have some amenities. I, I, I think that's a great observation. Um, but I'll just listen for now and chime in if that's okay. Let me catch up. Sorry, sorry, we keep losing our lighting here because we're not moving around enough. So we're doing our jumping jacks every seven minutes. Or also, uh, also, Lisa some... Larson joined us as well. Okay, uh, Lisa, you want to introduce yourself to then? Hi, I'm Lisa Larson um, with the Lawrence City Commission. Sorry, I'm a little late. I, I my alarm did not um, did not alert me like I thought it would that this was starting. So I'm here. It's good. It's good. To, good to hear what um, is, is going on. I know, I know we've been running quite a few of these um, throughout um, the last few weeks, um, and then I think it's a great idea that we're we're engaging with the community to, to see how these um, this works for 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 all of us. Thank you. Yeah. This is uh, thank you, Lisa. This is our eighth session, our eighth hour of listening. Uh, yes. Just since yesterday. So appreciate having you here and we look forward to working with the city commission. Um, we do have the sticky notes up on the screen if you can see those of some of the thoughts that have been shared so far. Um, and again, we're, uh, we're just looking for whatever, you know, considerations. Now, somebody said something about amenities downtown. Um, I, can you guys hear me? No, I can't hear you still, so. Another item we heard a lot of feedback from, um, and actually this was on our own um, exploring of downtown with the users utilizing the, the buses to get to and from work, especially in the downtown area. Um, so looking at the connection of those sites and uh, where they reside and what type of amenities or businesses would be nearby is also part of 
um, consideration that we've been discussing, the accessibility to Main Street from the site has been part of the discussion, um, as well as obviously in general, um, making it more of an uh, extension of, of Massachusetts versus a disconnect on the other side of Massachusetts. Um, so those are just even some other things that we've heard as far as the downtown location uh, we've been keeping in mind through this progress. I don't know if anybody else had any other thoughts on, on that as far as from a connection with their, the users or the community. We lose everybody. I don't think so. Oh, Adam, can you, Adam, you can still hear us, right? Yeah, we can still hear us. Everybody's still. just being really quiet. They were very still for a minute there. All right, can you hear me now? And Sally's still working on it. <laughs> you doing better, Sally? Got a new computer? Can you hear me? We can't, Sally, but. Very faint. When you unplugged your headphones earlier, we were able to hear you very clear but then you could not hear us, so. So there should be a phone number that you can call in on too, is it, there be an? Yes, there should be. So sometimes it might help to just try your cell phone um, and you know, leave your picture on screen if you want, and so you can see the whiteboard, but then just call us on your phone, try that as an option. I guess as we wait for, for Sally to figure out her tech issues, uh, the the bus slips will be in a parking lot or on the street. What is that? What's your thoughts on how that's going to work? <clears throat> I can, I can one example we talked about as we were walking sites yesterday with the civil engineers and our design group and some folks from the uh, with Adam and the city. Um, for example, I believe it's between is it tenth and eleventh, Adam on Vermont, that's the one that has the longest linear In 8th and ninth. Is that correct? Between 8th and ninth is the... Yeah, hopefully I'll eventually get these, but on Vermont, for example, Michael, there's a center, a center turn lane that's continuous on the road. And in some aspects, um, that puts the traffic closer to the parked cars and is actually less safe. Um, so one of the ideas we were kicking around was, uh, well, we use what's called, uh, in this case, we're probably going to use what's called a um, sawtooth uh, design, which would allow any of the five buses to come in and come out. So if you think of it as the five buses at about a 60 degree angle in slots at a slight angle along that whole curve or slightly into the curve, into that first row of parking, so that you could have a canopy, you could have the proper area for passengers to move around, bikes to be unloaded and loaded, that type of thing. And then you have overhead cover. Um, you would lose maybe the first row of parking on the lot and you would lose the on-street parking. And if you uh, got rid of the center turn lane, you did some you know, complete streets type initiatives, uh, bumped out uh, curves, uh, at the intersection, put safer crosswalks in, 
uh, slowed the traffic down or did things that clearly showed that there was uh, activity in that area. We could possibly even uh, diagonal parking on the other side of the street, get rid of that center turn lane and uh, limit the amount of parking that's lost. You wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't go into the parking lot and just eliminate the whole parking lot and dedicate it just for buses. Um, so we're trying to look at options that would have the least amount of impact on parking and then, but yet still be done safely. So that's that's an example of, of you know, something that we could do. Yeah, the intent is to keep the buses on street as much as possible. Um, obviously with some of the site constraints, depending on the size of street frontage that we have, um, we might have to look at alternate, you know, ways of accommodating those buses in those sites, which would mean coming into the parking lot more than um, we would initially think of. But in general, it's trying to see what we can accommodate on that street and then moving from there. Um, Michael Davidson here again. Do you anticipate using all the five bus slips at the same time? Or is that just a number, I mean, that you just came up with? Because, I mean, is there going to be five buses there simultaneously? Yes. So yeah. I can talk a little about that, Michael. So um, we are, some of this is a little bit, uh, it's concurrent with our route redesign study that's going on this year. So we do have to be um, you know, a little thoughtful of what might be our service in August of 2022 when these facilities open. Um, in looking at you know, moving the primary site out to Bob Billings and Crestline, where we want the majority of bus transfers to happen, uh, there are just some things about the way our city is set up and, that, and the activity that's downtown with um, businesses and residences that make it hard to imagine all of those routes simply moving out to Bob Billings and Crestline. Uh, just functionally would not make sense for us to take every route that would go downtown and move it all to the new transfer center. Um, so the, the five number really came from us looking at, uh, you know, trying to think about routes that would still operate along the Sixth Street corridor, North Lawrence, parts of East and South uh, Lawrence that, um, you know, making people route from downtown to Bob Billings and then back to somewhere in the south or east part of the city is just not going to be efficient. Um, so that five number really came from us thinking about what direction buses might head from downtown. And um, so the other part of your question, yes, the intention would be that they would uh, pulse, so to speak, from downtown the same way they do now. You'd have the ability to connect and transfer between buses um, up to five different routes at the same time um, from that area. So there's currently eight routes that, that do a pulse from downtown. So it'll be limited from that, but, but still looking at the, the possibility of five. I don't know if that helps. I'm just a, another question. And again, you know, Lisa, I'm glad you're listening to this too. I mean, is there enough demand to justify all this? So I'll take a stab at that. <laughs> um, you know, there's we in a non-pandemic year, we serve about three million rides throughout the year. Um, there are also in a non-pandemic year about two thousand or a little over two thousand people a day that transfer in the downtown area. So there is quite a lot of activity when you think about the amount of footprint 
we would need to transfer that many people as opposed to, um, you know, the amount of space a car needs, for example, to, to transfer one person in and out of that area. So um, that, that's kind of what we're looking at is efficiency of mobility, um, how to move people to and from a very dense area that has a lot of jobs and residences and, and do think that, um, you know, a, a safe functional transit footprint is, is critical to, to having downtown service that serves both businesses and people living down here. Thank you. I have a question. This is Lisa uh, again. Um, have you uh, been working with the downtown master plan folks and what their plan is, uh, how this meshes with that? I know they're getting ready to release their draft report. So I'm curious as to how that is working with what you're planning. Yeah, that's a good question. We have been interfacing with the staff um, working on that and, and able to provide some comment. I know there's, you know, um, one of the things that came up in a prior stakeholder meeting with a lot of city staff was downtown master plan and looking at those um, parking lots along Vermont and New Hampshire as potential uh, development sites, as potential places for permanent farmers market and things like that. So there's been discussions about you know, we need a certain amount of space for functional transit to occur, but how, how would that be forward thinking and think about how it would interact with, you know, if we take a small piece of a parking lot, how would the rest of that parking lot potentially be used for infill development or, or interfacing with something like a permanent farmer's market? So those discussions are, are ongoing and we've definitely been, you know, providing input to that downtown master plan on how, how those lots could be used in the future. Thank you. Adam, can you hear me now? Okay, finally. Um, when you and I talked a few weeks ago, when we discussed the Vermont Street um, locations, for instance, in that, that 800 block, um, and I know the, the consideration for the turn lane, et cetera. Um, I had mentioned, and you and I were, and you said you would investigate a little further about um, changing parking on the west side of Vermont. Could we change that to angled parking so that even though we're losing a goodly number of spaces on the east side of Vermont, um, we could add some back on the west side of the street and then just have those um, bump out um, spaces on the corners to allow for the turn lane, you know, kind of like we have on Mass Street. Yeah, and, and Tony was describing that earlier. It's a little tough, mm -hmm. um, you know, part of the, the purpose of early engagement like this is so we're talking about program elements without you know, getting ahead of the game and drawing something on paper, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, but that does create some uh, challenges when we're trying to describe, uh, you know, how something looks, but that is something that the team definitely will, will look at and think there's mm -hmm. some merit to that idea of uh, collapsing that center turn lane, which might buy us some space mm -hmm. on the other side, on the west side of the street for angled instead of parallel, which um, as, as Taryn from Wendell was talking about earlier, just Mm -hmm. thinking of ways like that to limit parking impact if we're going to 
take over some spaces? How do we buy right. some spaces back? And then for the New Hampshire locations, would the would the um, would this would the facility be on the east side of the street also? On New Hampshire, uh, both of those sites looking at the at the west. So the okay. lots. Okay. Because that you know, on New Hampshire, there's already angle parking on the east side. It's true. Um, it so that true. does work. So I, I would assume they're the same width, <laughs> New Hampshire and Vermont, but who knows? Yeah, and that the, the team will have their hands full with uh, with looking at those New Hampshire sites. I think there's um, there are more challenges just with less linear space at uh -huh. those lots. Uh -huh. There's some grade challenges. So we'll certainly look uh -huh. at those, but I don't know if Scott or Tony or anyone else um, and then another thing we've also considered is a lot of the parking there, we've heard the feedback that long-term parking is actually um, something that's more identified as preferred by a lot of the employees and the transit commuter, or transit users and commuters um, into town in order to work downtown. So we're going to look at that ratio of not just replacing parking, but that ratio of incorporating long-term parking versus the two-hour parking and, and maybe making that ratio part of the solution is making that ratio more appropriate. Mm -hmm. I would think any um, addition, like any parking on Vermont that would be added or, you know, swapped out needs to be long-term because the folks who park on that block are tend to be business owners and employees because those have been five-hour meters for a long time and I believe they're 10-hour meters now. Um, and there's, there's going to be more de demand for long-term parking with all of the changes that have just been implemented with the parking system. Um, and making it more visible. I know that there's signage and, and things coming, but I think any, you know, we can have more long-term parking on those ancillary streets of Vermont, New Hampshire, would be great because that's who that's who's going to complain or is the person who's parked there every day for 35 years and plugged like two quarters and right <laughs> then they don't have their space and we'll all hear about it so I wanted to go back and circle about the restrooms um so um I started to say I'm sure that there are <clears throat> issues in the in the bless you the parking garage um the restrooms on the library lawn plaza, but of course people have been living there. Um, so that's really high use um, this year. If we're talking about a facilities or facilities for the drivers, which absolutely we need, you know, we need them. Um, how long, Adam, would you, or is there a, a sense of, um, um, it's the 700 and 800 block, Bonnie, of New Hampshire that they said. Um, the, sorry to be so bossy and just take your question. <laughs> you know how I am. Um, how long do you think somebody would be waiting, a, a rider would be waiting for a transfer? So that would they, now, you know, you and I, again, we when we spoke, I said it is great to 
ha it would be great to have, you know, an additional public restroom downtown because we do get groups who come and then they're dropped off. And I mean, now we have the visitor center downtown in the 800 block of mass, but there aren't, you know, a million places for people to go. Um, but I am curious as to how long you think some of the passengers might be waiting, you know, to whether they would, um, whether they would need a facility. Yeah. So um, depends a little bit on how we schedule service, but the, a good rule of thumb for transit is about 10% layover for each trip. So if you've got a 60 minute uh, loop trip, which a number of our routes are from the downtown area, you would look for at least six minutes of layover for the driver to have a little recovery time and be able to make transfers between buses that are trying to get there at the same time. Um, functionally, it's a, it can be a little different than that, uh, you know, due to different times of year or traffic along certain streets. There are some routes that tend to have tighter turnarounds. They only have a minute or two. There are others that maybe have 10 or more. Um, so it, it can be a little bit of a range, but I would say um, between five and 10 minutes is probably what we'd be aiming for, for, for how long five buses would be sitting there before they'd all head out. Adam, Michael Davidson here. Uh, as I was thinking about this, on football weekends, will these locations replace where people traditionally pick up the bus from downtown to go to the stadium? That's a good point. Um, probably so. I, it would make sense to, um, uh, you know, so we run for football days, we essentially run an, uh, a altered Route 11 that goes by the football stadium. So it's it's one of those, you know, it says football shuttle on the marquee. It's, it's pretty much our Route 11, except we go over by the football stadium instead of around it. So I think it would make sense for us not to have the if we've got a great new, safe, functional transit area, I'm not sure why we'd try to um, have a bus picking up or laying over for periods of time in, in spots that are less convenient than that. Thank you. Adam, this is Sally again. Um, so to, to piggyback off Michael's question, are we still running the shuttles for football? I know one is at 9th and New Hampshire, and are we doing one in the 700 block of Vermont as well, or just the one? Uh, this last year was pretty limited um, because of right. lower attendance availability and, and different things. So we'll have to see how that comes back by the, by the time I think attendance is back where it needs to be i think we'll have a new facility downtown mm -hmm. i'm not mm -hmm. sure this upcoming year be. but were we having two there was a couple locations i believe that they okay. were getting picked up i think they were also trying to facilitate uh, people who use the riverfront garage and using that to yeah that's what i'm thinking over. about is if it's all driven to one pickup location what does that do are we spreading out the, their parking enough? The people yeah, coming the, to the games because that is a big impact on our um, other visitors. Sure. Right. Sure. Yeah, I think. I mean, from our perspective, the messaging would continue to 
to point people towards the parking garages. And I think if we're in an area that's within a couple blocks of both the New Hampshire and Vermont garages, that would be the encouragement we'd try to take from a mo mobility perspective. Please mm -hmm. park in these, these big garages that are close walking distance to where you can pick up the bus. always chasing human behavior though. So it's uh, <laughs> right. I'm interested in, you know, what other kinds of questions did, have you asked other groups or what other kinds of things have come up that maybe we're not, because we're kind of a small group here, um, that maybe we're not bringing so, up or addressing or. Absolutely. Some of the things that have come up is obviously thinking about, um, you know, charging spots for the users that would be maybe to charge their, their cell phone um, in order to make sure that they can have their phone access to the route and the online connectivity um, to make sure they're, you know, being, cell phones right now are critical in everyday life. So um, charging that. Um, some of the other things we've heard, obviously, is the accessibility um, for the users um, onto the site, which is integral. Um, making sure there's enough width um, for the loading and the bus loading or loading on and off the bus to not affect pedestrian traffic and give them a nice wide space so that you can do those two items at once, whether it be walking by or loading the bus. Um, some other things that have also come up have been um, uh, thinking about uh, windscreening and protection of the elements for those that might be waiting for the bus. Um, obviously, on your windy days and days like today, a 10, 15, even 30 minute wait can be a little bit unbearable. And, um, leading to maybe loitering around other locations or storefronts or whatever in order to just get out of the elements. Um, so those are kind of things that, that we've heard particularly from users that would make it more beneficial for, the, for them in the design. I don't know if the Wendell team wants to also maybe touch on some of the discussions around um, passive surveillance and and safety and, and different things like that that have come up. Sure. And so another aspect too um, is providing a safe solution with all this, right? And that's where the, the restaurant or the restrooms conversation has been a little tough to tackle. But at the end of the day, um, so we use techniques, um, design techniques to provide uh, safety and also aid in crime prevention. And what that means is looking at the proper lighting, let's say um, down lighting, so that somebody could uh, see a see have a clear uh, sight path for 30 feet and identify you know safe path ahead of them. Maybe identify individuals ahead of them and decide whether or not they want to continue on their path or take an alternate route. Um, some of the other things we've looked at is a safe landscaping techniques, allowing for clear visibility. Um, but yet shading or low perimeter um, landscaping techniques that give the, the essence of boundaries um, to help coordinate where people might go on their natural paths. 
Um, other things are, of course, cameras or use of, um, you know, security systems protocols in order to make sure people feel safe. Um, so definitely lighting, uh, security, landscaping, these are all techniques that we utilize in giving that safe, open environment and inviting at the same time. Yeah, one, one other thing to add is um, activating the site with additional people. Um, and, and we view the bike trail system, you know, and looking at the master plan, which is what we had, uh, Karen and I were looking at it earlier. <clears throat> uh, there's, there's two things that are interesting about the Pop Billion site is one is the East Ends, a gateway um, considered a gateway to the university, and the other one is uh, the west side's the terminus of the bike trail. <clears throat> so, so there are big there are big plans for this area. So the more people we can get there, um, the more activity will be there by activating the site. You can drop crime. Yeah. Uh, crime doesn't like spectators. So, um, so this I think there's a lot of opportunities here. I might also just add to that discussion that staff is looking at more active um, security and how, how we might um, be able to plan for kind of eyes on the street in the downtown area. You know, there was a pretty successful downtown ambassador program um, this last summer uh, with cleaning up uh, downtown area and things like that. I think there are some potential options where we could have um, not like an armed guard, but a, sec a security person who might also be able to offer helpful downtown information and point people to the right bus and where they can get something to eat and, and that sort of um, eyes on the street that it's tough for our bus operators to really do, you know, consistently throughout the day. Um, something like that might also help, you know, deter activity before it happens or be the person who can and get in touch with AD when we need to or have to. And we've had conversations with the local police department about a satellite office at the facility. We see that pretty common. Um, our discussions with the police department so far have been kind of along the lines of what I was just discussing. Could, could off-duty police officers help us with uh, that type of service? Um, I, I don't know that resources on their end exist to commit to full-time at that location given, given their other work. But, you know, those discussions like that are certainly ongoing um, on how we can work cross-departmentally in that way. And, and honestly, uh, like Scott was alluding to earlier, activity is key and also natural policing. Like, so as soon as uh, a lot of the community starts seeing that it's an asset to their community um, and they actually value that asset, um, and make, we make it so that they hopefully are proud of what the final product is, um, the community tends to really, you know, stand near those assets and make sure it's something that's just not seen as a dumping ground or, or a place where crime should happen. Natural policing starts to happen by people just being there um, and coming and going and being um, legitimate users. Um, so that's also another thing, making it more of a continuously active place also does that as well, um, which is something that we hope to include by different modes and fashions of use. And I just see the note from Jim in the chat. Um, uh, just the concern for retail 
customers and, and loss of parking. You know, we had touched on a couple of ideas on how we can mitigate um, parking challenges, but I don't know if anyone on Wendell wants to circle back to that or touch on different ways we were thinking about um, you know, reducing the impact on parking if we're taking some lot space. Yeah, I, I, I can take that on, Adam. Um, one, of the, one of the things um, that's curious is there are center, there are center turn aisles um, on Vermont that don't, um, they don't seem to do a lot <laughs> um, other than you, you sort of have a left-hand turn into those parking lots, but I, we didn't see enough, you know, I, you know that, I guess the question is, are those really needed? Um, one could argue they're not really safe because you have oncoming traffic possibly competing on those. So that's one key thing here is that the streets uh, naturally wider than it needs to be um, based on what we saw. Um, the site, um, yeah, the, the site between 7th and 8th on Vermont um that eight the ninth yeah <laughs> i'm sorry uh eight and ninth right no i keep I, I keep wanting to go north with the streets and i, I don't know why um but um between eighth and ninth on vermont that is in fact long enough to accommodate everything on the street um, so there would be no spaces other than the street parking taken away. And then, so if you follow the logic, um, you know, for instance, on that one, we look at what happens if we take away the center turn lane and introduce diagonal parking, what would happen there? Um, so those are some of the things we're looking at. I don't think this is a given that you're losing parking, if anything. Um, what we're seeing as potentially unsafe conditions could be mitigated or unnecessary um, conditions could be mitigated and parking could be actually improved. Um, not in all instances, but in some, but that's our task at hand is to, to go through those scenarios. And so we'll be looking at each one of those sites over the next couple of days on, on what could happen. Um, I will say some of them, especially on New Hampshire, in my mind, seem too uh, short. Um, they just don't accommodate uh, the turning radii um, that we need. If we do have to go on site and not on the street anymore, that's another complexity of area that we need. Um, so those are just some of the things of the, the building blocks that we're, we're looking at. You know, buses turning occupies a lot of space. I'll volunteer that if you, um, when you're looking at your sites, if you would like my um, accompaniment, I'd be happy to accompany you and kind of try to anticipate some of the, the issues that I already know about. So from, from this group's perspective, is it, is it better to be uh, completely, uh, I mean, I guess my assumption and what I said is that on the streets better than 
um, introducing them to the lots themselves. Um, but how do you how do you use folks see it? Absolutely. Um, we're already getting, you know, people are making a, you know, they're trying to get used to this new parking system and <clears throat> believe it or not, there's still um, a common opinion that is voiced regularly that we don't have enough parking downtown. Um, so those of us who have learned about these things know that we have plenty of parking downtown. But um, I think those lots, they are very convenient and um, there are businesses that have rear entrances that makes it very convenient for customers and helps the business, even if it's not necessarily a customer, it's somebody who's walked, maybe parks in back and walks through and then they become a customer. So um, I think if we can keep it on the street um, I think it would be much better. And, and especially when you're talking about, um, well, obviously the whole construction and never mind the construction of the, the structure, um, is going to bring, you know, different, um, closures and things like that. But I think that for instance, that that lot between 8th and 9th on Vermont, you know, if you were to construct in the lot, then you're really taking up a lot of ancillary parking around where the construction site is, which makes it really hard on people, on businesses and on and on people who are used to parking there who want to park there. Hey, Adam, this is Nate Will. I don't know if this is directed towards you or in the downtown community. Has there been any like pre-COVID parking studies done for the area? Talk about like density rates during the hours and all kind of stuff. If you have that information, it'd be really helpful, I think, for us. I, I know it might be the information you provided us, Adam. I just haven't seen it yet. So, Yep, we can circle back to the um, 2018 parking study that has uh, quite a lot. Of I know right now it doesn't really count. So... <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure you have that information so you can okay. see the different Thank you. rates. And just for everybody on the call, Nate is with HG Consulting out of uh, Kansas City. And Sorry, that's I introduced myself. <laughs> no, that's right. I didn't know he was there. We have, uh, there are civil consultants on the team with us and they have a local presence also with one of their employees. So uh, no, no area. Adam, can you ask Michael Davidson again? Uh, the area adjacent to the library, was that not considered at all? That, that there's sort of been a natural thing of buses in that area. Has that not been considered for a facility in and around the, the library? Uh, right around the library creates some challenges. So our, our current challenge, uh, you know, just being just east of the library there is uh, just being right in front of businesses, not having room for uh, passenger amenities like a canopy and, and sawtooth bus bays, you know, safe operations in that area. Um, I know there's been prior discussions about a lot of the jaywalking that occurs there and can we get a mid-block crosswalk, which is complicated by the entrance and exit to the parking garage, which makes mid-block crossings there pretty tough. So where we 
where we currently are on the east side of the 700 block is um, is is really hard to, to figure out if, you know how to be compatible next to uh, the climbing gym and AT&T who are there who've been um, good partners throughout this but but would be a challenge if we tried to do something more permanent um, you know right adjacent to the library north side or the, the west side of the library um, those are also complicated spaces the the north side just does not have the linear space um, and is also, you know, the, the, the parking right around the library on the north side and the immediate east side of it is part of that library site plan. So, um, you know, affecting the parking and trying to put in something more permanent there could be challenging trying to, um, to figure out how that site plan would get revised and um, but currently, so Adam, they, is, I mean, at any given time, currently, there's like four or five buses is lined up there, right? Am I, am I wrong in that? When I walk by and I see a bunch of buses lined up there. So right. why is so that we, area not being considered? This is already right. seems so to we, be a natural. Yeah, so we currently um, have eight buses that lay over at that location. Um, there are significant constraints with the amount of space, the sidewalk space that's needed there for um, for passengers uh, to interact and, and not having amenities like a canopy or, or seating underneath that. Um, there are frequent concerns from the businesses that are directly adjacent to us um, and just bus operations right in front of, of the businesses that are there. So uh, those are some of the challenges that we're looking at. Um, we really only have space for that you know, parallel to the curb type parking for our buses. Um, one of the functional challenges to that is each bus route might be in a different location every day because it's first one in, first one out. Um, you need a lot of room for a bus to taper into a space and then taper out as it pulls out of, of that type of configuration. So really getting to a sawtooth bay, a place where a bus can enter and exit regardless if there's another route in the area um, is, is critical to on-time performance and a good passenger experience. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of issues with trying to, to locate um, the amount of space we need directly adjacent to buildings with businesses, which is kind of why we're looking at, at some of these lot areas that have a little bit of room to bump and create that. Yeah. I mean, my thought is that if, if it's, yeah, there, there might be some objections to businesses that are currently there, but if you're going to build a whole new facility, you're just going to create more complaints. Can that, you know, is there any way to figure out how to make that space work? Because again, from my perspective, when I walk up and down and I go to the library, I go to the post office, they're there and they don't seem to be too disruptive to me in a sense. So can that area be enhanced to meet some of the needs? And it, it would it seemed to be it seemed to be it wouldn't be as logical of an expense to create that space. But again, you know, I'm I'm not an expert. I'm just throwing out my opinion of a space that seems to work. And again, it's close enough to the downtown. It's you know, it's it's close enough to the library, which does provide restrooms and things like that. Okay, Michael. Um Thank you so much for all those comments. Um, you know, we've been doing these facilities for about 40 years and we've been in 38 states 
And uh, so we appreciate your comments and it is a challenge. You know, what they have there right now is a very minimalist uh, solution. And, you know, give us uh, a few days here to, you know, show you what types of things uh, communities like yours have done successfully uh, to modernize their downtown transferring situation. We do have another meeting at 11. So we are gonna have to stop here. It's one minute before the top of the hour. Um, but again, Michael, we do appreciate your comments and Sally as well, and everybody else that's contributed on the call. Um, we're very mindful of all the things that have been shared. Um, and uh, this will all be you know, part of what we're contemplating as we look at design and solutions um, for downtown. With that, I think we do need to go if you have other comments. I know Adam has an open, uh, and is open to suggestions. Mm -hmm. Sally, were you waving goodbye or did you have another thing you wanted to say? I, I also put my email in there. You can email Adam and he'll always make sure we get stuff. But if you want to email me directly, I put my email in there. We'll make sure that, that anything you add or comments will get distributed to the whole team. So something else I do want to share is we do have two public meetings tomorrow one from noon to 1.30, and also one from 6 to 8 p.m. Um, you probably have that information. If not, you can request that from Ann by email. Um, if you have other uh, business owners or folks that want to attend that as well, if they haven't had an opportunity to attend any of these meetings so far, we would encourage that as well. Um, I don't think we have any other Thing right now, but we have a meeting with the city now at 11 um, to go over some of the things we've gathered so far just in the day and a half. So um, with that, um, thank you so much for all your input. We do appreciate it. And like I say, all this is all this information that we're capturing, we're going to be uh, sharing uh, going forward. And we do plan to be back in June for also public hearings that would, or excuse me, not public hearings, public <coughs> meetings Two of them we're anticipating where we'll show the concepts that we've developed for both downtown and for the intermodal. So with that, um, again, thanks for uh, joining our call. Nice to meet y'all. Thank you.